that I haven't met you. I've met most people, but there's a few people I haven't met. So um, I've been a part of this church community for a while now, and I love it. It's people in my family, and this church is my home. So I'm stoked to be able to share with you guys tonight. Um, the passage that I'm sharing from is in John 6, if you want to follow along. And I, yeah, I've done kind of research into it and tried to understand the context. This is my interpretation of it, and uh, I encourage you, at the end, I'll um, encourage you to read it yourself and see if there's other things that you get out of it. Um, but this is, yeah, kind of my interpretation and what I've learned from it. Um, so, yeah, it's John 6. So it's really a, it's such an interesting story to me. Um, I have kind of put it into like two bookends. There's the start of the story and the end of the story, and I'll refer to it like that. Um, so at the start of the story, it's about two or three years into Jesus' ministry, um, and there's a huge crowd of people who are following Jesus. So he's doing all these amazing miracles, and yeah, there's a great big crowd of people following him. So I can just imagine there would have been such a buzz about him. Um, if you were in that crowd of people, you might have been there when he turned water into wine at the wedding. You might have um, seen him heal the official son. Or, um, yeah, you might have just heard about all these miracles. There's a buzz going on. Um, and so at this point in the story, the beginning part, there is a crowd of 5,000 men who are following him. And that's just men. So there's women and children as well. So there could be like 10,000 people following him. Um, and... By the end of the story, so the kind of the second half of it, like hundreds or even thousands of those people leave Jesus and never return. Um, so, and there's people in that crowd that have been with him for like two or three years and at that point they still walk away from him. So it's just a crazy story and I found it so interesting to look into and it's obviously really pivotal. Um, and even at the end of the story, Jesus looks at his 12 disciples and he says, do you want to leave as well? And they say, um, Peter says, he speaks for the 12, and he says, to who else would we turn because you have the words of eternal life? Mm. Um, so the central line or the statement that I'm going to look at tonight is when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Mm. Um, so why is this statement such a turning point for so many people? Because it's a point where we see belief in Jesus solidified for a few, being the disciples, and then um, faith kind of disappear from so many people. It's like where the road goes from the wide road to the narrow road. Um, so I'm going to delve into the story. Um, so at the beginning, Jesus got so many people following him. Like I said, there's a big excitement about him. He's doing these amazing miracles. Um, people are getting healed like they've never seen before. And he's teaching these incredible stories about God. Um, and so he's preaching to these 5,000 men. And people are starting to get hungry. It's getting late in the day. And instead of them all leaving, he... Um, he miraculously turns a few loaves of bread and fishes into enough food to feed all of those people with leftovers. And the crowd just go crazy for it. Um, and you can imagine to the Jewish people in the crowd, that would have been mind-blowing because they've heard these stories from their ancestors where God provided food for them um, in the desert for 40 years. So that would have been, yeah, amazing, amazing for them to witness him kind of do that again. So there's real excitement building around him and people in the crowd are starting to think, okay, really, he could be the Messiah. He's, all these signs are um, being shown. But the problem is they're all expecting this Messiah to be like a political king and um, they want him to be someone who's going to govern the land and overthrow the Romans. But 
So they start kind of pushing for him and advocating for him and they, it says they want to force him to become king. But God, uh, sorry, Jesus knows he doesn't want to be elevated to this throne because of humans. Like He knows that he's going to be ele- elevated to the throne of God through his sacrificial life. So at this point, he knows they, they really want him to be king and he actually just withdraws and he takes time out because he, he realises it's too much and this isn't where I want to be. Um, so it says he just he withdrew. And then later on, the rabbis come and find him. You can kind of imagine them just storming in, being like, what, what are you doing? Why did you leave us? Why are you, why are you hiding? Um, and Jesus doesn't even answer those questions. He cuts straight to the point, And he says in verse 26, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So this happened straight after he's fed the 5,000 people. Um, and I actually found the message translation of this verse easier to understand. So I'll just read that to you. Um, it says, You've come looking for me, not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you, I filled your stomachs, and for free. Um, and just people love free stuff, especially free food. It's like me and Murray were talking about this, and Murray is definitely a culprit of this. He loves free food. <laughs> um, he told me this story, and I just thought it was hilarious. This is when he was teaching last year. There was like a free morning tea at school. And he just went to town. He had like one of everything, just got so full. And then he was on his phone later that day. I think this might have been, yeah, morning tea breaks on his phone. And then he saw that Guzman was having a, um, an opening day at DY and they're giving out free burritos. <laughs> and then he's like, I don't even care how full I am. Like, I have to go get free burritos. So then straight away he's thinking like, how can I get to Guzman in DY with enough time to actually get one, maybe two if I can, and then have time to eat it and get back to school. I just thought that was so funny. We're just, we love free stuff, don't we? <laughs> um, but the issue with this is that Jesus is doing these miracles to point people towards God, but the people are so consumed with what they're getting out of these miracles that they aren't actually turning to God to be satisfied. And Jesus knows he's not going to be around forever. Um, and he knows that people actually need to turn their hearts to God to be able to be filled by him um, through relationship and be able to approach him without um, these miracles going on. Um, and he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't doing these miracles to create a buzz or um, to feed people's bellies but, um, or feed their souls with excitement, but he was doing it to teach about his identity and his purpose. Um, so in verse 27, Jesus says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures for eternal life. So he's saying, um, even the physical bread I fed you earlier, that goes off and it spoils. It's not about the bread. Um, he's saying, fix your eyes on eternal life um, more than just your day-to-day needs. So fix your eyes on the God who's doing those miracles, not just your next fill or your next meal. Um, and as he's saying this, the crowd is, they're trying to understand and they're saying, um, okay, then what do we have to do to get this bread that never spoils and this eternal satisfaction? And they miss that it's a gift and they go straight to what do we have to do? What works can we do? Um, and this next section of dialogue, it seems like the rabbis are just going around in circles a bit, but I want to read it and try and follow what's going on because there's kind of a deeper meaning and a surface level meaning and where it ends up is really profound so i'll just read from verse 28 if you want to follow along um then they asked him what must we do to do the work god requires jesus answered them the work of god is this 
to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. It's kind of funny that they're like quoting back to Jesus what God did. Um, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus is no longer talking about that manna that fell from heaven. He's now talking about himself. And he is that sign that points to God. Um, And verse 34, they said, Sir, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes 